0: Yo, what is up guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games Premiere Podcasting Duo. My name is Riley Holbert. Joined as always by my good good friend, Mr. JW Creewall. JW, how's it going today?
1: Riley, it's going pretty well. I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm in a I'm in a centered zone. I'm feeling good with the fam. I'm like feeling okay at work. Not great.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Feeling okay at Pokemon huh. on the up on the uptrend. We uh, won our team challenge last week. Mm-hmm. And just personally feeling good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I've been pretty stressed out lately. I also had a very weird, like, very, like, you never have those dreams that are just completely bizarre, but you're, like, in it, you know? You're in it for the haul. Yeah. Um, I had one of those the other day I took some melatonin and I was just like entrenched in this really <laughs> like real feeling dream. That was like also very bizarre looking yeah. back on it. Um, and I'm not going to be the guy who talks about his dreams, but um, that was, that's like affected me <laughs> almost. Mm. It's like affected my mental state just cause it was so stupid and lame, um, but also stressful. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been good. I've been good. I'm working on some really cool stuff right now for, for work um, I'm really excited for the World Championships in a month. Got my PTO approved. Got my flights booked. Got the hotel situation all figured out. So raring to go at this point. And, you know, it's just an exciting time all around. Who doesn't love the wonders of summer in Madison, Wisconsin?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I really liked Wisconsin all the times that I've been there. Yeah, so. I actually just
0: got back from... I went to like a concert on the square, is what they call it, and it's the yeah. like the Madison Orchestra plays in like the Capitol Square. Um, so me and a couple of friends from work got a blanket, we sat out on the square, we played uh, just a quick little board game, ate some charcuterie. It was awesome.
1: That sounds so lovely. It was lovely is a
0: great descriptor. <laughs> it's a
1: it's one of those you know core memories that you've made as, as a young adult. <laughs> yeah
0: something like that at least (laughs) but the gears keep churning in the pokemon world jw and there is plenty to talk about today so we're gonna kick things off by talking about some of the new developments in the competitive pokemon space we'll dive into after that what we've been working on in this format leading up to the world championship then after the card of the day and the ad read, we'll talk more specifically about Palkia uh, doing a little bit of a deep dive, just like we did with Arceus last week.
1: Sounds good. So
0: let's just start from the top, man, with the big news. Everyone's been waiting for this, and two new Star Study casts have entered the Pokemon space. That is the Rare Candy Pokemon team by Hart and the new and revived or i guess the new and improved shuffle squad got a new roster announcement uh some some familiar names and faces joining the shuffle squad the teams seem to be all the rage right now in the pokemon space jw yeah
1: they are and it kind of makes sense right we had no real reason to have team affiliations because there weren't any irl tournaments for the last three years and now that we're getting back into kind of a rhythm and a groove although Monkeypox is doing its best to derail that, but um, now that we're Don't getting back into in reality, man. <laughs> now that we're getting back into a groove, it's cool to see that there are movers and shakers trying to, um, you know, increase their influence within the Pokemon sphere and create these teams.
0: So, J.W., what is your like high level thoughts on kind of the, the teams in the Pokemon space? I, I feel like we hear all sorts of different opinions when you go about in the online forums and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. What are your personal thoughts?
1: Well, I think it's good as a whole because I think Pokemon has a lot of opportunity in that space, right? Pokemon doesn't really have a lot of money coming in from, you know, uh, esports organizations, so I think that there's a real opportunity for people to kind of maybe get ahead of the market. On the flip side of that, what market is there to get ahead of? <laughs> you know, because we've seen people try this in the past to varying degrees of success, and you just wonder the you know the the influence behind some of these decisions, right? In the past, we've seen things like um, you know the team DDG that played for the store the um you know for danny's store and they were very successful but i don't necessarily know that they brought any more revenue to the store right and then eventually things kind of disbanded they disbanded things fell apart um and so i wonder for you know these other teams um for for rare candy especially being affiliated with the with the rare candy brand the the store um um you know the leonhart runs i wonder just how much you know they can bring um as an entity as a competitive content creation team i wonder how much value they can bring to um to a store so that's kind of the big question <laughs> in my mind right it's like right what is what is the and I was talking about this on my stream the other night, but what is the benefit for somebody like Leon Hart or for whoever, you know, is like taking the primary financial risk in the shuffle squad if there is any money attached to their pro team? Um, what is it bringing to the person that is running that? And I'm just not able to say because we've seen these models in the past and they really haven't worked out that well. Um, they've worked out on a, maybe an emotional level, like there's a lot of team spirit and there's a lot of good feelings in the community and, you know, people root for their teams or whatever. But in terms of the financials, I just don't quite see the benefits there.
0: Yeah. It definitely does that make feels, sense? Like I, maybe yeah. I'm not, yeah. No, I, th- I think, I think I'm picking up what you're trying to say at least, you know, it's, what does the value add to the organizations or you know, the individuals that are, you know, trying to build this team. Because ultimately yes. you think of right. you know, you think of a team solo mid, you think of a cloud nine, you think of a you know, all these other esports organizations that exist and all these other games, what is their end game, right? It's to it's to make money, right? It's to right. it's to gather sponsorships and raise money. Um and ultimately the sponsorships are gathered by providing value to the sponsors, you know, because your products are being driven and sold. Um, And I don't think Pokemon quite has that. And I think the main reason, if I had to place my finger on it, is maybe one of several reasons rather, but one of the main reasons I think that you'll struggle to see that in Pokemon is because people don't really get super attached to like individual sellers or markets when it comes to trading cards, I don't think Pokemon's unique in that space. You know, people are going to go onto their online marketplaces, find the cheapest copy of the card they can find, that has the lowest shipping, add that mm-hmm. to their cart, and buy those. Right? Like you're not yeah, going to market.
1: Be... The market wins, generally speaking.
0: Yeah. Right. And so, like, you don't see a lot of like brand loyalty in things like Pokemon cards because you're getting the same product everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just how cheap can you get it for? And so, I think that's part of the problem. Um, I think another part is there's just, just not a lot of money flowing in the space. There obviously is, like, tons of singles and stuff that are moving, but in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of, like, big ticket buying and selling in Pokemon cards. Um, mm-hmm. So the end result is, you know, these businesses are not getting a ton of value, and inevitably what we've seen is they ultimately, like, back out of the team. Uh, mm-hmm. They're unable to financially support it. And the players just move on to the next team that will financially support them again temporarily, and then back out. Um, and it's it's funny because you see kind of like the same subsets of people like just bounce between all these different teams and you know run them dry and then <laughs> then leave. And I have nothing yeah. against those people like get the bag or whatever, but is we've seen it. You know we've seen it over the last year. You know probably like six years that this has really been a thing. Um, we've seen it happen over and over again. Um, from the player perspective i i also don't think a lot of the teams necessarily like collaborate super heavily when it comes Mm -hmm. to like deck building it at at least if you're not like already friends going into it right sure you know i was on a team with a store for a brief period of time it was a store i liked and i still did not like work with my peers on Mm -hmm. my decks in that team because we just weren't friends we were like business partners you know Mm -hmm. um so I think DDG was, like, the only lightning in a bottle that really captured the spirit, at least, of a team, um, because they were friends, and they were playing the same deck, and they were winning every event together, and that felt special, even if it wasn't, like, obviously it didn't add enough value to, like, the team itself, because it eventually disbanded, Um but that at least captured the spirit, and like people could get behind yeah. that conceptually and be like, and "Yeah, it was, DDG, it was." You hyped. know, and
1: I think I, I was going to say, like, largely, it was. I would say it was successful, even if it didn't withstand the test of time, because it had what a two, three year run where, you know, everything worked. Yeah, like just kind and of and as, okay, one and a half years, <laughs> but but everything was really, yeah, it was really hype. There's a lot of hype around that. Team there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of just generation of. But that felt uh, like interest.
0: The point where I'm going is that felt like lightning in a bottle, and I don't think other teams have been able to recreate that spirit and that energy. Mm -hmm. And part of it is I don't think you'll be able to recollect that same kind of group in the same way. Uh, Part of it is that the player base has just gotten better over time uh, and the decks have gotten somewhat simpler. (laughs) So there's like, you're not going to see people come up with these like crazy decks as often and just sweep entire tournaments, every single tournament. You know, the closest we really saw to that was maybe toward last season and then somewhat Isaiah Radner's group last season. But even then, we were not seeing like the clean sweeps like we did with DDG. Sure. Um, and part of that's like the way the game has evolved as well as the player base. Um, and then the third part is it just feels like some of that excitement and energy that was around the game at that time is somewhat diminished as well. And I don't know how to describe it, but um, I feel like people aren't as invested into... Like the stories of players these days, as they were like maybe pre-COVID.
1: Really, you don't think so?
0: I don't think so. No.
1: Interesting. Yeah, because that I mean that's not really quantifiable. No, right? it's not. That's it's like antidotals. I'm not going. I'm
0: not going out and interviewing people, so maybe I'm just completely wrong. But that's yeah. just the sense I get.
1: I don't know, man. I feel. I feel like the storylines are are pretty high.
0: I, I feel like maybe they're ramping back up. I feel like. It's maybe it needs to ramp up, you know, maybe it's just not, you can't dive back into it. Sure. You know, obviously you look at like Azul versus Isaiah at NAIC. It was very cool to see that. It was very hype. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you're seeing that same energy to like the quite the same degree as during the DDG era. And it maybe it's maybe just a matter of time it, more than anything. Cause we're mm-hmm. just getting used. The season was kind of wonky. We're getting used to the game being back, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you just think about all this stuff. I I think about it, you know, financially speaking, and maybe it's not an issue for somebody like Leonhardt, right, who already has a successful brand, who's not looking to really build anything, right? He's already established these. And I don't want to speak necessarily financially for him, because I don't know where he's at. But it feels like these are kind of side projects, you know, where it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, you know, his whole, his whole life isn't kind of uh, (laughs) devoted to the success of rare candy. And so because of that, you know, it's, it's kind of just, you know, dreams and doing it for the community and trying to generate hype and trying to get into a new space and seeing what that would do for his brand. Right. And if it flops, no big deal. And if it's a success, then, you know, Hey, he's kind of a, a leader in the competitive space. So yeah. I think I think it's cool, right, to have somebody like that because we haven't really had that. If you look at the teams of the past, they're usually card stores that are trying to make a name for themselves, right? And so they're bringing on these players to generate the hype around the store like we've talked about. Uh, but with a team like Rare Candy and Leonhardt, they're already pretty established in what they do, trying to branch out a little bit, sure, and build up a name. But it's not the be-all, end-all. You know, if it doesn't right. work out it's chill now you look at some team like shuffle squad and that's a team that's really trying to generate some some hype some interest and so yeah financially i i just don't know what that looks like at all like the pro team are they paying players are they not playing like nobody well they know but i don't know (laughs) but like how how do you generate interest um you know there and make it financially profitable i don't know that that's really possible. here's
0: my perspective and like i almost i almost feel like the finance you're just throwing you're throwing money into fire when it comes to pokemon teams like the finances aren't there period right um
1: or they haven't been in the past historically
0: and I, i don't think they're coming anytime soon to be honest but um and maybe i'm wrong like please prove me wrong yeah that'd be cool if i'm wrong um But I also want to take the perspective of, you know, what is the value that the teams are adding to the game? You know, I see a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, we're more eSports now because we have these teams. But like, are we really, you know, like Mm -hmm. what are these teams actually contributing? Because sometimes it just feels like, you know, you have these businesses that are coming in. They want to make they want to try and like be bigger and make more money. And they Mm -hmm. see Pokemon as a way to do that. Um, And it doesn't work out. So they just back out and leave if we don't have that if it doesn't have the staying power i almost feel like don't come in the first place mm-hmm. you know um i don't know it just it doesn't feel like we're more legitimized just because people are wearing jerseys it feels like if we want to be more legitimized we want to we want to spread the scene out we want people to know about it and like accept it and just having like these local internalized teams doesn't move that needle
1: yeah and that's what is interesting about the you know Leonhart right entering. I
0: think Leonhart is maybe the first time we've really seen someone kind of like new enter the space who could maybe bring more people to Pokemon
1: yeah and I think I mean you've seen that I think like the other parallel that I could make that was kind of like it's kind of like a pseudo parallel because you know Boo was already somewhat of a competitive player maybe went to tournaments and you know uh, did that um, before kind of jumping more so into the competitive space right Mm -hmm. but frosted caribou would be somebody that i look to as well as being like okay they were primarily one type of interaction with pokemon cards openings and um you know uh uh, yeah pack openings and product openings and then moving shifting more towards hey this is how you play the game here's you know tutorials walkthroughs um you know competitive videos and things like that and has really garnered interest taking a lot of her you know fan base from pack openings and such and getting them interested in the
0: uh right in the tcg so leonhart could have the potential to do that i'm i'm curious how invested he will be personally and like seeing that succeed because ultimately like leonhart's brand is based on himself right like he is he's the guy So, how connected is he going to be to the competitive space? Right. Because, you know, I, I love all the guys on Rare Candy. They're awesome. But I don't think they're the people who are going to pull people in from Leon Hart's channel because they go to his channel for Leon Hart. I, th- I think, at least, you know. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms that I don't necessarily want to get into. But I think some aspect of this team and like pulling people in is like who you have on the team and their pull you know the, the just how, well, sure, how certainly that's like interesting there you know like if you're getting people you know it's kind of like a pyramid scheme right the guy at the top is trying to get more people you, you to just get call more t- people called
0: team to... a pyramid no scheme. i'm not i'm not i'm
1: just saying that it's similar <laughs> yeah. to right because if you're trying to get into it's a new a space it's a reverse funnel system yeah <laughs> but you know what i mean right like the clout is very important right uh-huh. clout has to kind of trickle out uh you know to get people excited right so well, more know, so what man. I'm
0: saying is I'm curious, like, how directly invested Leon Hart, like, will he regularly sure. mention it on his channel? And, like, sure, sure. You know, or will this just be, like, a side project that fades away from his main audience?
1: Or will it be a side project that explodes in just a or different explodes. space? Right? And he and he can kind of keep them separate. That, that'll be really cool to see. You know, how long it lasts, we don't know. But I wish everyone the best on every team that's out there and everyone that's thinking of, I don't know, joining a team or creating a team or doing something, anyone that puts money into this hobby, I am going to give a big thumbs up and a, you know, I'm going to root for you. Especially if and, that money is
0: coming to the tag team podcast.
1: Well, I was going to say there is one team that has stood the test of time. <laughs> the tag team, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> the one team you could always
0: count on to show up.
1: <laughs> when you... Hey, we haven't, we haven't folded yet.
0: Not yet. Although so, I get more and more sick of you by the week.
1: Well, that's fair. But you started out pretty high, so I think we have a ways to go. I
0: I started out like way up there. Now I'm like I'm at sea level right now.
1: Right. Yeah. So we got we got another like two years at least.
0: We're look We're trying to like hit the depths of the ocean and then cut <laughs> off. Right. We're right. gonna be like uh uh the MythBusters guys. You know, <laughs> don't. Oh, do they all. hate each other? They don't hate each other, but they don't talk at all outside of filming.
1: Oh, no way. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're going to be those guys. <laughs> like, all right, see you. Quick.
1: <laughs> that would be kind of... And a way
0: you can save that if you want to support our ongoing friendship <laughs> is to buy our merchandise. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah? Continue? I think, so.
0: I think so. For the unaware, uh, we do actually have our merchandise on the verge, the cusp of readiness. Uh, so be on the lookout on our Twitter social media for updates. There, um, you've probably already seen if you've been involved the the design. We're really excited about it. Um, so just keep your eyes out for actual ways to get purchased and involved.
1: Yeah, I would expect sometime in the next week our our distributors able to ship. Not to go on too far of a tangent, but our distributors able to ship by next Wednesday. So look to see some sales going up in the next week. I know I said that last week, but Hey, for real exactly. this time like we actually <laughs> we well it just takes time to like produce this stuff right so um, and JW and i
0: will be repping at worlds
1: yes that will be absolutely true and if you're going to worlds and you want a shirt hit us up and we don't have to pay for delivery
0: <laughs> to a point I'll you know we can't bring. it in my we can't bring all of the seven <laughs> <us. laughs> carry-on full of shirts and then you can put your world's merch in it. Wait, that's genius. There you go. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I think we beat the we beat the horse about Pokemon teams. The horse is like cringing and flailing on the ground. It's not pretty. Um, so let's talk then about the world championships. You know, we're going. We're wrapping our merch. And what are the ideas that we've kind of been tossing around? So last week we talked about kind of the kings of the format. We talked about the Arceuses. We talked about the Palkias. Now I think we're more interested to hear what are some of the more interesting or deeper down ideas that we've been trying. Uh, I think first off, something JW and I have both been trying is Urshifu, the big bear. Uh, Urshifu has evolved over time. If you haven't been super plugged into Urshifu, now it's more of a Irita, Radiant Blastoise, set up your yoga loops kind of deck, as opposed to... um, having the slew of one of supporters to do all these crazy different things. and You could instead have a much more reliable strategy in that arena to set up quickly in the early game uh, mm. and continue to chain those Inteleons to get your items. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Blastoise, of course, is awesome. It lets you start sniping. That does reduce you to only being able to play water energy, whereas before you would play, you know, maybe Darks or Grass or Fighting. Um, so you do have to be more careful about your Rapid Strike energies, because... They are needed to use your Urshifu in many cases. Mm-hmm. But the deck is really cool. You know, it's, a, it's able to set up some really awesome combos with the Blastoise and the Scoop Up Nets and the Yoga Loops. Uh, you obviously have Urshifu to hit Arceus for weakness. And bear in mind, many Arceus are not playing Dunsparce right now. They've opted to cut those tech one Prizers. And you have the ever-amazing G-Max Rapid Flow, to get rid of your opponent's Sobbles and Drizziles off the bench or soften up their multi prize Pokemon. JW, you were talking a little bit before the cast about what you've been trying. I've been trying Urshifu as well. What are some of your preliminary thoughts on that deck as a rogue pick for the World Championship?
1: I played about 10 games with Urshifu, and I was playing a- about as... I don't know. I, I ripped the list. I was going to say about as straightforward as you can get, but I, I don't even know that that's true. Because I was playing Urshifu with Palkia. And so you have kind of this dual attacker Yeah, as straightforward option. as you can get
0: Urshifu Palkia.
1: <laughs> hey, chill, chill. Um, I mean, in terms of the counts, like I wasn't, yeah. I don't know, it was, it was like four of everything or, sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, very, very streamlined, I guess. There weren't like a lot of Text outside of the no, of like one ofs, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then you have your Radiant Blastoise trying to set up that damage on the bench. I don't know that it has what it takes because I do feel like there were enough decks that I was playing on the ladder that either played the Manaphy, like the Palkia decks generally are playing the Manaphy, not for the Urshfu, but more so for the Mirror, so that they don't get too of their Sobble sniped by a Radiant Greninja. And so that was kind of the biggest thing. I was playing a couple Palkia decks and, I, and they just went for a manaphy early. And I found that the deck just lost a lot of power, right? Because hitting yeah. 120 into an active or like 150, it's it's kind of hard to switch that Urshfu because you're mostly looking to do the snipe down da- or like move into the active one time and then do the snipe thing and then kind of do that same thing again with a second Urshfu, right? And so if you're not able to do that, then you're not able to utilize the snipe, it gets really awkward. So that's kind of what happened. To give a brief synopsis is they would get out the manaphy early, I would be stuck trying to switch out my active, I only played about four or five switch cards, so it didn't happen every single time, and I would just get my Urshifus knocked out before they could take meaningful knockouts. So. It was tough. I didn't really like the deck. It didn't flow very well. The Blastoise <laughs> was pretty mid. And I just did not have a very good time with it. Oh, that's those are strong words. I'm open to like a new list coming into my life and changing everything. <laughs> but this Palkia Urshifu list that I had going on, you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe maybe I can swing with an Urshifu and then and then I can switch into a Palkia, but a lot of times it was weird because like, the hands would get really clunky and you're relying on either a Luminion early or you're relying on a Crobat, but sometimes there's just not enough things to discard in your hand to get down to a meaningful Crobat, and then if you don't get water energy in the discard early, then you're really only playing Melanie, or at least in my build, to accelerate the energy. So, it just there were a lot of things <laughs> that just weren't happening in my list.
0: Your list sounds way different than the one I was trying, <laughs> but uh, I do ki- kind of agree with some of the core things that you were saying, even if. <laughs> however, you were playing the deck was just not. Similar well, I at wasn't all. playing
1: an Inteli online, so oh, if you were playing Inteli, yeah, that's
0: probably the main Then that's gonna be then.
1: very very different. Yeah, I was playing yeah. it kind of more. Crobat-focused and more Melanie-focused. Yeah, no,
0: I don't like that, for sure.
1: Well, I definitely um, don't like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I, that was that was definitely a little bit little bit wild and crazy on your side. <laughs> now, I was playing a more familiar, like, Irita, uh, Inteleon version of a deck like that. Mm-hmm. And it probably felt better than whatever you're describing, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I had to wager, I guess. Um, it still didn't quite feel amazing. Blastoise still felt kind of mid... Uh, even with more direct access to the tools to make it work, I was often like strapped to bench it at the right time um, when I needed to also have like my attackers and my Drizziles and stuff mm. in play. Um, so that was sometimes a little bit annoying. Uh, I did like the Arita combination of Arita and artillery well, it was really cool because mm-hmm. then you can. You get the Remarades in addition to the Sabal, you get the Artillery in addition to the Drizzile, Um, And that let you have a lot of access to your Rapid Strike energies without playing a crappy card like Piers, which was very nice. Um, so I did enjoy that. I did have some of the same problems that you're describing, though, where against the Palkias, if they got a Manaphy down at the right time and I couldn't really deal with it, then I would often be in these awkward situations where I'm just swinging for two hit knockouts and they're swinging for two hit knockouts, but my guy is worth three prizes, theirs is worth two. So the trade doesn't quite work out as you want it to. Um, On the flip side, I had a lot of games that I kind of just won on the spot by playing Urshifu, you know, against Arceus decks that weren't playing a Dunsparce, you just, you know even just use the <laughs> second attack on the urshifu v yeah and yeah. they're really 100 furious blows and they're furious you know <laughs> so furious so that felt really good <laughs> on the flip side so i don't know i'm kind of waffling i would love to make a deck like that really good because i've always liked urshifu you know ever since battle styles dropped i've really enjoyed playing urshifu decks I played a lot. Even though I didn't play any Irshifu in tournaments this season, I played a ton of it on the ladder, uh, probably an unhealthy amount. And so I want it to work. I want it to be good. I think I need like a few more cars to really get there. And I don't know how you fit them in addition to everything else that you need. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to build those kinds of decks, honestly.
1: Yeah. One of the cool things that I was able to do once was I had you know, Blastoise that I'd used the turn before and I had pinged a Manaphy and then I used two scoop up nets, uh, you know, to, on a subsequent yeah. turn, I pinged and then two scoop up net and then pinged again, pinged again. And so that was kind of cool. Cause I was able to knock out the Manaphy with the Blastoise. Beams, uh, you're able to do like, some oh, pretty cool sick. stuff,
0: especially if you played the Zigzagoon as well.
1: Right. Sure. And so that was like, oh yeah, maybe I can swing them out. And I still ended up losing that. I think it was to a, an Arceus deck, um, that Jeez, had man. yeah i know i know i like pinged the the dunsparce or they prized it or something and then i was able to ping the manaphy and then i sniped for a knockout and put damage on the other and i still ended up losing <laughs> how did so. you lose that i uh, listen man yeah, this I mean, is where i kind of i kind of uh, knew yeah, we're, we're not playing
0: i think the tag team hot take of the day is we're not playing urshifu balkia crowbat <laughs> That's my hot take. Yeah, day. that that goes cringe. Because <laughs> if it can't beat the <laughs> Arceus deck after sniping down all their one prizes, <laughs> then we have a problem.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we definitely do. Yeah, so, I mean, you need to just show me your ways if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure. With the Urshifu deck, we'll have to do some testing on that.
0: Absolutely. So Urshifu, we haven't... Re- <laughs> we've written f one variant of it, but maybe not two. Um, so, and it's a deck that I... Kind of like, I don't love it, but I kind of like it. J.W., you mentioned that you've also been trying a deck that I haven't touched with a 10-foot pull in a while, and that's Malamar. How is that going for you?
1: Uh, It's going pretty bad. I'm running (laughs) into the same problem where Palkia just kind of beats me, right? Because they have a 280 boy, and they can shove three of them at you, and then they can intersperse another one-prizer in the middle of that. They can either get an early-raiding Greninja and just completely win (laughs) on the second turn of the game or third turn of the game, if you can't find your mana fee. And then they also just have their intelligence, which can take a prize in that mid game. And then they're just going to be faster than you. They're going to kind of take whatever they want on your side of the field. If they're going for, you know, your lone Sobble, they can reliably do that on the second turn. If they're going for your lone inke, they can reliably do that. you know they're just much a much more easily able to get those attacks off, and even if they don't, uh, you know they aren't able to target down something just taking that knockout in the active. There's likely not the the strength of the Malamar deck. Like it, it's likely not going to be able to take three straight 280 knockouts is what I've found. So yeah. it's been tough. That's been just really frustrating because i thought okay maybe malamar could make a resurgence obviously we talked about ross kawthon doing pretty well at naic with the list but it didn't quite pan out for me and i played about 20 games with it and just was getting awkward hands as malamar does we talked about that a lot extensively in past formats and just you it know, also
0: I, feels like to me where it needs to be when i was trying malamar early in this format I guess that last format, I guess, prior to NAIC. Um, Roxanne felt really annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt mm-hmm. the same way, but that was just a great way to safeguard, like, the one extra turn for them to take a knockout. Because they usually couldn't take a one-hit KO after that. And then even with Octillery to get, like, a Karina's, you know, you don't want to be Karina's-ing at that point right. in the game.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. The Roxanne, I i'll have to check my notes but i don't remember that being a particularly big factor but yeah, i wouldn't surely. call it a
0: huge factor it's just like it's one more thing right
1: well sure yeah getting down to like the three prize and being able to roxanne and yeah it's just tough it's just tough and if you aren't able to draw out of it then again, and the crazy thing is like the palkia and arceus out. decks
0: especially the palkia deck because you could theoretically attack with the palkia then attack with inteleon then Roxanne, then Palpad, then Roxanne again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, that would suck.
1: Yeah. So I tried the Malamar deck, not not good.
0: <laughs> Reviews are in. Neither decks far good. Third idea that we've been throwing at the wall, Ice Rider Calirax. Ice Rider is something I've been trying a lot personally. Uh, I've tried some of like Frank's kind of variant, you know, a more bidoof heavy more a dedicated ice rider kind of deck i've also tried playing closer to a palkia deck but with a you know middling like three 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 two type of ice rider in that um i think both of them ended up having kind of the same problem and i don't think it's necessarily enough to write the decks off but the problem i kept having was uh just them being a little bit inconsistent you know when i think of The top two decks, the Palkia and the Arceus, the big selling point for both of them is they're just absurdly consistent. And Ice Rider didn't quite check that box, but it did check the box of a really high power ceiling. You know, I felt with the Ice Rider decks, if I hit everything I needed to on the first two turns, I was unbeatable. But I would not hit that at the same frequency of a more straightforward deck like Arceus and Palkia. I will say, though, like, the math of 280, especially with Mew falling further and further off people's radars is so good right now. It's absurd how good of a damage number to hit 280 is. And often your opponents can't immediately respond to an Ice Rider. So you're taking double knockouts with that sucker.
1: That's true. I think one of Ice Rider's main weaknesses from last formats was Mew for a number of reasons. First reason being Mew for the most part was going to be a two shot unless you had damage modifiers like the Hawlucha or the Leon. But that's just clunking up your deck even more in an already clunky deck. And then the other reason that Mew is kind of a bad matchup for you is if they could get a Genesect, or heaven forbid, two Genesect attacking, then that was just lights out, right? Being able to right. take a one-shot on your big dude
0: In addition to the one-shots they can take with Mew.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, you think if, well, if if Mew is kind of falling off, then maybe there's an opportunity here for Ice Rider. Because I do agree with you that the numbers that Ice Rider can hit are really enticing.
0: They seriously it's just, are.
1: It's just what you want to have. And like a first attack that's pretty reasonable, generally low maintenance, you know, two attachments or a Melanie, or, or if you're playing a Palkia line, like it gets even easier. And then you're just swinging turn after turn. It's like kind of a brain dead deck too.
0: Which and, is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's no, there, I, there's trade offs. I'm
0: feeling you know? like a brain dead deck can be very good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, you're not going to mess it up unless you're right. Just... <laughs> well,
1: that's I mean, that's something that I talk about with people all the time. It's like if I'm choosing between, you know, super heavy combo deck and brain dead deck, and I feel like they're both going to perform equally well at a tournament. I'm always gonna choose the brain dead deck. Like it doesn't matter, you know. It's only vanity at that point if you're <laughs> yeah, you know, just I'm trying to you. jump through a bunch of hoops. I'm right? with you, yeah. So I will agree that 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 the Ice Riders just feels nice for that in that you're just kind of attacking, you know, you're doing your thing, you're trying to hit two eighty, like that's your modus operandi when you go from there.
0: You felt so cool when you said that and then paused, didn't you? I did. <laughs> no, I just wanted you to say it. So I think I think of the three decks that we are talking about today, Ice Rider is the one that probably entices me the most. I agree. Although Urshifu isn't that far behind. I'm not really that interested in Malamar.
1: Malamar's fallen off. Urshifu, I just need more reps with a better off, list. For real. I need a, more reps with a better list. But we were kind of saying, too, before the cast, like we'd feel totally fine going with... Arceus or Palkia like those are just the torchbearers and it's very obvious in our testing (laughs) where those decks are the ones if we're going to lose it's going to be to those things I've been playing a bit more with the Charizard variants I've been making some switches in my list Um, I've given the list out to some people they've had some pretty good success in online and IRL tournaments so I'm excited about that as well and I think even straight Arceus and Teleon has been working out pretty well for me so It's just about getting, like, those final techs. Like, I've been trying in Straight Arceus doing two quick shooters. Try to get a little bit more damage on the board. A little (laughs) quicker.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: man. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so that's been kind of fun. I've been trying that out. Doing things like Tool Scrapper. Ever heard of it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, you're super cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) Still some things to decide there. I haven't much Finalized to consider.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll keep you all posted as we continue through our testing journey up to the World Championship just a couple of weeks away now. We're very excited, and we're going to brew up something amazing, as we always do. But with that, I think it's a perfect time to transition into our card of the day. And so, JW, the card of the day today is is one that's very special to me, but you might not know why, when you just know the card. So I'm gonna give you a hint as to what the card is. I won't give you a Dex entry this time, but a hint. It is a Mega Pokemon that evolves from an EX that is still used and expanded today.
1: Hmm. It's a good guess or a good clue. Mega Pokemon. I'm trying to think the of mega the mega pl- itself is not used. But yeah, I know, I know. I know that's the that's the problem because I'm thinking about all the usable Mega Pokemon and I'm not considering their basic forms. Oh, the Mega is not used, but the basic still is. I feel like there's somebody listening to this that's just screaming right now. Just, just screaming. They know the answer right off the top of their. It'll feel
0: silly when you know the answer because it's a little. It is silly.
1: It's silly, so I won't feel bad if I don't know it.
0: You might feel bad, but you shouldn't.
1: Okay, then tell me.
0: You gotta give it. You gotta throw something out.
1: I was gonna say Gardevoir, but that's no Gardevoir. That's not even close. Yeah.
0: So. The base EX is Latios EX,
1: Yo. one of the few EXs
0: that still actually sees play and expanded for exactly the reasons you don't want it to see play. Uh, but the Mega Pokemon is Mega Latios EX with the Sonic Ace attack. Water Psychic like it colorless. You do 120 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Pretty useless attack. It's only ever been used to snipe shamans. And even then, it's questionable if that was good. But the reason that this card is close to my heart is when I was in my sophomore year of college, my friends and I were really into just buying packs just for fun. Mm. Uh, And I still really enjoy opening packs. I just don't buy them as often. Uh, So we would, you know, I was at school at Ohio State, so we would walk down to the GameStop that was just south of the campus and we'd pick up packs and we'd always be fiending for two different packs the fandom forces packs for the vs seekers mm-hmm. and the roaring skies packs for the shaman ex potential and so and both of these packs were kind of like past their prime at this point so they weren't always like guaranteed to be in stores uh, but we go to the GameStop. there's a bunch of roaring skies packs so we buy them all there's like nine packs and uh, we distribute the amongst the three of us and i pull the mega latios ex and you're like oh this is sick this is so cool it's a mega pokemon uh, my friend on the other hand pulls a shaman ex and i really wanted that shaman because i was going to in the process of building a Darkrai ex deck as you may have heard my Darkrai hypno deck i was trying to build that um and none of my friends really cared to have shaman in their deck so I traded the Megaladios for the Shaman. We weren't really caring about the value. Uh, it was just to help complete my deck. And that was my first ever Shaman EX of my eventual, like, six. <laughs> 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 nice. But it was one of two that were pulled from packs. Nice. This was a regular art. And then later that day, we went to a target on the other side of Columbus, and I pulled a full art. Uh, Let's go. So it was a very successful day for Riley's Shaman Adventures. And it was all started with the Megaladios EX
1: beautiful story beautiful
0: story shout out to my friend thomas who <laughs> gracefully gave me he he knew it was like a bad trade we both knew it was a bad trade uh, it was just this, <laughs> it was mostly in the spirit of like me being able to complete my deck without proxies Aww.
1: that's so nice
0: yeah i mean we we, were, we like lived in the same like room if he wanted to shave it i would have just given it to him right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah wholesome story so that is the card of the day which means well, it's time to thank our friends over at Manscaped. JW, why don't you tell us a little bit about our presenting sponsor for the podcast in Manscaped?
1: Well, it's officially summertime, Riley. <laughs> and everyone talks about looking good for the warmer months, but few have the balls to do it. Well, it's time to not up or shut up and take the easiest step to looking good and feeling fresh this summer by using Manscaped. Manscaped products have been in our lives for the better part of the last year. And I can say wholeheartedly, I do not regret it. Definitely the the better
0: part of the last year, if you know what I'm saying. Well,
1: as soon as Manscaped entered my life, things got a lot cleaner. (laughs) Things got a lot smoother. There were less nicks. There were less cuts. My wife's been happier. I don't. That might just be correlation, not necessarily causation, but I digress. A lot of things have improved over the course of our sponsorship with Manscaped, all due to their fantastic products. I've loved the ear and nose hair trimmer. Riley, a massive fan of the underwear. I'm actually wearing the Manscaped boxers right now.
0: Nice. Me too.
1: Oh, dude.
0: Underwear buddies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. You heard it here. So good. So products that we use every single day and can't get enough of.
0: We seriously do enjoy the Manscaped products from their shavers to their underwear to their grooming kits. All of it's really awesome, high-quality stuff. And the great part is that you can take part of it by using our code over at Manscaped.com. So all you got to do, open up your browser, head on over to Manscaped.com, Look through some of the items, maybe throw a few of them in your cart. And then when you're at checkout, and this is when things get important, you're going to want to put in the code Tag Team. Code Tag Team will give you not only 20% off, but also free shipping. And who wants to pay for shipping in the year 2022? Not me, that's for sure. So head on over to Manscaped, use our code. It supports the podcast and it supports your health and grooming. By making sure that you're looking good and feeling fresh.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Turn your Alolan Doug trios into regular Doug trios. Go with Manscaped code team at checkout. 20% off list, plus free shipping. That's code team at checkout. 20% off plus free shipping.
0: Awesome. So let's talk then for the last few minutes of this episode about Palkia. Now we all know i don't think we have to explain why palkia is powerful palkia has made a name for itself ever since it appeared onto the scene so i'm more curious then about why you might choose to not play palkia palkia seems to be the front runner in this format if you're going to worlds what would dissuade you jw from considering this deck
1: one of the biggest things that would dissuade me, it's not necessarily a rise in lightning attackers. I think that while it does have a slightly unfavorable matchup against a deck like Arceus Pikachu, or any deck with Raikou, potentially, you know, depending on how the build is laid out, um, I don't think that an increase in lightning attackers would make me not consider palkia i think it's just that good but what would make me consider or reconsider palkia for the world championships is if i felt that there would be a rise in stall decks specifically the mewtwo V union stall deck that really scares me because palkia's damage is very dependent on the opponent you know it's only it's only slight right you can hit up to You know, 190, maybe 210, depending on if you have quick shootings or zigzagoons, 220, you know, on your own side of the field. And Leon can even add to that. But with a Pokemon like Mewtwo V Union, they can really, in a deck like the Stall deck that utilizes it, they can really limit their bench and heal every single turn. And that's kind of frightening.
0: Yeah. Palkia definitely struggles against those solo Pokemon active tanky kind of decks. That also applies Stonejourner, to Stonejourner right? as yeah. well. That's mm-hmm. not quite a stall deck, but it deals with Palkia in a similar way to Mewtwo, v Union, where you have one gigantic Pokemon in the active and your opponent can't deal with it. I think that is a valid case. I would also argue a reason that I would maybe consider not playing Palkia is just the sheer prevalence of Palkia itself. Uh, now, obviously, Palkia lists can be teched to beat the mirror a little bit more effectively. You have cards like Quick Shooting and Leon, uh, heavier inclusions of Choice Belts, for example, or even teching in like an Ice Rider to like maybe make that matchup a little bit better. But I think in practice, when you actually sit down at the table, it often will just be a coin flip of who went first, and mm-hmm. that is really, really frustrating. I think that applies even more to Palkia than it did to Arceus in terms of like the coin flippiness of it, and that would dissuade me from playing it. Now, I don't know if people—I will... don't actually expect to hit that many mirrors if you play Palkia. I just think the field will be diverse enough that you'll maybe hit one or two and then probably hit a bunch of other Arceus decks from there <laughs> if I had to guess. But if I thought the meta was heading into a place where yeah, just nine out of nine rounds are gonna be Palkia, I would not want to play Palkia myself. Yeah. No matter how pa- no matter how tech my list was.
1: Yeah, Palkia is like awesome into anything that's not Palkia. <laughs> and Arceus is, we found, slightly favorable, we would say, from our testing. Slightly favorable, but very even. So it'd be tough to have to face Palkia and Arceus for nine rounds, just because it feels like you maybe don't have a ton of agency because when we were playing, it's really just whoever gets that first attack. So whoever goes first is going to yeah. be in a really good spot.
0: I think in our Palkia versus Arceus testing, at least the ones that we did last week, I, I don't know about the testing you did yesterday, but the the games that we played last week, it was every game, the person who went who attacked first, not necessarily won first, but who attacked first, except for one, I think that person won. right. Which is, uh, that's a lot, you know? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So I think those would be the two reasons I wouldn't play Palkia, is if there were those kind of counter stall decks, or if there was an overwhelming amount of other Palkia players.
1: Are there any techs in Palkia that you really like? Here's some that I've been playing. Rare Candy, Starmie. I think Echoing Horn at this point has been a non-negotiable in my list yeah. uh pal pad i've cut actually so i'm curious you know if that's something that you think goes or stays um i'm sure there's others i'm not uh, you know you could play a second shady dealings in talion i've seen that kind of floating around as well are there any techs that you're like very convicted of in your palkia deck that you know you're going to be playing i think, I think going horn is the
0: only one i feel really strongly about um and even then, like, if someone gave me a convincing enough argument, like, I could probably be persuaded against it. The others don't feel too, too crazy about. I haven't tried a lot of the rare candy. Not a huge fan of it, honestly. Um, uh, it, it opens up some cool plays, but it, I don't know if I care enough. <laughs> um, at least to replace another card for it. I actually do still like the Pal Pad, mostly for opportunities like Double Roxanne, for example. Um, over the course of a game or having an extra boss's orders can sometimes be super valuable Um, so no i i think one of the benefits from palkia is that you do have a couple of slots to work with and this those what those slots go to will largely depend on what you think the meta will look like so if i thought it was a lot of palkia mirrors for example that slot might become a leon and a quick shooting you know because if you put those together you could do some really cool stuff in the mirror if I thought the meta was heading in maybe a different direction. Maybe I'd include a 1-1 one, one Ice Rider line just to try and, you know, knock out Arceus a little bit easier or something like that. So I, I think it's just kind of dependent on where you think the meta is. I, I don't think I could say at this stage in the game, yeah, this is the two or this is the three cards that I think are must-haves.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: It's, I honestly even feel that way about the Echoing Horn. Like if the meta is heading in a certain direction, do you need the Echoing Horn or something else better?
1: Only time will tell.
0: Only time <laughs> and testing will tell.
1: Would you consider playing a one one Ice Rider in the list? Like uh, we tried at Nats?
0: I think I'd prefer like a two two if I was playing Ice Rider. Mm-hmm. But I mean I I didn't hate our I didn't hate our NAS list. It I probably would change it to be more Arita engine focused, but mm-hmm. the concept of it I didn't hate. No. So I yeah. would consider, I guess, to answer your question.
1: Yeah, I think we need to put some more time into that i mean there's just so much so much we need to put time into and so so little, little time actual time
0: <laughs> many sleepless nights ahead i hope so so gw to round it out what is the tag team spice for palkia what is what is something that you think would be a special inclusion that we would recommend in your palkia deck is it that rare candy is it the quick shootings
1: i like more Intellions. Um, like, so potentially even playing three Inteleon, having that second Shady Dealings Inteleon has felt really Amazing. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's felt really, really good. So that might, I don't know that that's necessarily that spicy, but even in Arceus List, like having that second Inteleon has mm-hmm. been, a, I've been able to pull off cooler plays in the late game than I thought I might be able to. So that would be my suggestion. Play around with that. Um, That's kind of where I'm at, is like, can I afford to include three Inteleon? (laughs) And right now I'm trying it. So the answer is yes, but that may change, but that's, that's what I'm on right now.
0: Awesome. You heard it here first, play three Inteleon. (laughs) 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 Well, everybody, I think that's a great round out to this episode. Gave a lot of thoughts about some awesome new decks uh, and some deep dive into Palkia. So the question now is, where can you find us? If you're looking for updates about the merch or want to check us out on social media more generally, and the answer is the best place to find us is on Twitter. And all of JW, myself, and the podcast have Twitters. You can find myself at Smiles with Rouse, JW at RealJohnWalter, and the podcast at Tag Team Pokemon. And if you're looking for the merch updates, It'll definitely be posted onto the podcast Twitter itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can find us over on Twitch. We stream every single Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. over at twitch.tv Munner. So if you want to be part of the conversation, join in the chat. Head on over there, twitch.tv Munner. I also run my own Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash righteous.
0: We appreciate all of your listenership so much. If you enjoyed it or you didn't, be sure to leave a rate and review so we know what to do well or what we're doing well and what we need to improve on in the future. And with that, we will catch you all next time. Peace. See ya.